This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out. Sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hi friends, welcome back to the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Today we're chatting about how to transform your busy days, which are probably focused on other people, into a beautiful and rewarding life by intentional goal setting rooted in who you really are and who you really want to be. We have an awesome guest with us today to tell us all about it and I can't wait to introduce her. Before I do though, just a couple of reminders. Be sure to hit that plus or checkmark button in your podcast app to officially follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, please, please share it with another mom. And be sure you're following me on Instagram. My handle is at Nikki Odin because I want to be friends. Don't be shy. Plus, Instagram is where I'll be sharing all the buzz about the book, which in case you missed it, has been written edited, and is being formatted as we speak. It will be available for pre-order in just a few days on Amazon on Cyber Monday, which is November 28th. So again, follow me on Instagram so that you can be in the know and you'll be able to get your hands on this book when it's out. Just one last thing before we dive in. In case you missed it, I discovered an amazing little productivity drink not too long ago, and I want to make sure you know about it too. It's called Magic Mind, and I'm very excited that Magic Mind is sponsoring today's episode. The drink was developed by an entrepreneur after he ended up with a heart condition that landed him in the hospital from drinking too much coffee every day. After thousands of hours of research, he developed this little elixir as a safer alternative to caffeine. Forbes has called it motivation in a bottle. For me, it's like a secret weapon for battling mom brain. I have a hectic life. Every single week, I'm lawyering, working on my book, hosting this podcast, playing competitive daytime tennis, not to mention momming and wifing, and I need a healthy way to stay energized. I don't drink coffee, cane sugar, or artificial sweeteners, and that's why I love Magic Mind. I highly recommend you try it. It's just two ounces and only 15 calories, and it's made with 12 amazing ingredients, including matcha tea and nootropics. It helps me focus and gives me energy without that jittery caffeine feeling, which is exactly what I need when I'm hitting tennis balls or working. So if you're looking for some healthy energy, get excited because Magic Mind has given me a coupon code to share with you moms just for being listeners of this podcast. 
Check them out at magicmind.co slash momlife20 and use code momlife20 to get 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days. And they have a money back guarantee. So if you don't like it, any first purchase will be refunded. No questions asked. You literally have nothing to lose. So hop on over to magicmind.co slash momlife20 and use code momlife20 to get 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days. And now let's meet our guest. Today's guest is a personal growth writer, speaker, and coach. After spending more than 15 unfulfilling years in the corporate world, she now uses her experience to help women who are feeling stuck in their lives and are ready for more. She's passionate about supporting and encouraging women to rethink the way they approach their day-to-day so their lives reflect what they want and need on a fundamental and life-changing level. Connect with her on Instagram at Annie Mooden, and be sure to check out her website, sharinghangover.com, to learn more about her articles, courses, and events. I'm super excited she's here. Welcome to the show, Annie Mooden. Thank you, Nikki. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so awesome to have you here, and I love everything you're doing. So I can't wait to dive in and just hear more about how you kind of got to this point. So obviously, there must have come a time in that 15-year career where you were like, I need to start rethinking some things in my life. And so what kind of took you from where you were before to where you are now helping other moms? I think for the longest time, I was just doing all the things that you're meant to do, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you go to uni, you do the things that you're meant to do, you go to work, you get your career, you get the money, whatever it is that you've been brought up to think about, they're the things that I did. And and that, that is great. And I think I got to a point that from the outside looking in, I, I was successful, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel successful at all on the inside. And I realized that really I had my definition, my personal definition of success all wrong. So what, you know, what is important to me in terms of like meaning and purpose and even the things that um, would make me happy. I, I really didn't know what they were. And so therefore I definitely wasn't aligned. I didn't know that they were important. And yeah. one of the, the biggest things that changed my, was really the first thing that got the ball rolling was learning about my values. And I didn't know that values were a thing, let alone how important they were. And, and learning my values and the fact that, you know, they are the core, my core tick boxes, you know, they are the Mm -hmm. things that fundamentally who I am and what I need. And I started to, once I learned them through just a work personal development day, like it wasn't anything, you know, Rev, I, I, I was, it's funny because I was continuously trying to make things better. I was always aware that I I was unhappy, but I just sort of thought this is what adulting was. You know, I was doing all the right things. (laughs) So I continued to do all the right things, but because I knew I wasn't happy, I tried to study more. I tried to, I volunteered. I, you know, I was always trying to do different things and nothing was ever making it better. And I realized once I learned my values by accident, almost on a leadership course at work, that 
all these things that I was doing, and especially my career at the time, my job at the time, just did not tick any of my core values boxes. It just didn't align with who I was. And that was really the beginning of the journey for me was realizing that, you know, what are the things that align to these? And then realizing that once you live aligned to your values, like that is, that is what feels meaningful to you. Right. Once find those meaningful activities and you work out how to use those to benefit others, you know, that's when purpose comes into your life. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like, it was a very long personal growth, like journey to get to, to get to a point where I felt good about my life. And I sort of got to the point where I was like, everybody needs to know this. Right. <laughs> so, many, so many people I know were sitting, staring at their computer on Monday morning going, ugh but this is adulting. I have responsibility. I have things to do. I'm doing all the things. And they don't realize that what they are doing is just not aligned with what is really important to them. Um, And I think another piece of the puzzle that's worth talking about, because, you know, this is when it comes to your mum life, is that we also live for our responsibilities or the things we're meant to do. We're doing the things we have to do at work. We're doing the things we have to do as a mum. We're doing all these external things and we just put ourselves last. If we think about ourselves, we might think about going to the gym, for instance. You know, there Mm. might be a few surface things that we realise that we have to do, but what we don't realise that in ticking all these boxes and doing all these responsibilities and doing all the things that we're meant to do. And when we don't feel happy inside, it's because we're not doing what we need to do for us. And I know for some people that can seem selfish and I counterintuitive, like why we can't put ourselves first when we have, you know, all the things, like you have all the things on your plate. How can you put yourself first? But the reality is that if you want to do all those things well, the first point is looking after yourself and I think that's, you know, many of us hear that, but I don't think many of us witness it or realize, you know, using or a, a mother as an example, being a mother as an example, when you are ticking all your boxes internally and you feel good internally, you're bringing your A game to parenting. And yeah. we all know that like parenting is a really tough game. And mm-hmm. if you're not your A game, it can be even tougher. So not only does it ha- allow you to be a better parent because you're coming from a better place, also if you are looking after yourself, you will inspire your, the people around you, whether it be children or your family or whoever it is. You actually inspire them by looking after yourself in a way that many of us grew up in a way not understanding and not seeing role modelled for ourselves. So I, I bring so that true. up I bring that up because I feel like a lot of resistance you get to is like, how can we put ourselves first when we have a million things to do? And the fact is, in a way, it's almost selfish not to put yourself first because you're just better and you will make the lives of the people you love better if you look after yourself too. There's so much truth to that. And I I want to just break down a few things. First of all, at the very beginning, you said uni. And I just want to clarify for my American listeners that Annie lives in Australia and she probably meant university, right? College. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's just, I, just in case anyone was like, what does she mean by that? But like, I, I totally get it. Like I grew up in a household where it was instilled in me. You will do well in high school so that you will go to college and do well and you will get a job working for somebody else because that is the definition of success. And I think a lot of us grew up that way. So I totally understand what you're saying. It's very easy to find yourself in a career where you're like, 
wait, but I like hate this. What am I doing? How, but how do I get out of it? Because I have to do all the things. I have to pay my mortgage and put food on the table. And oh yeah, you know, keep a roof over this kid's head. And, and it's a lot, it's very daunting. I think it's amazing though, ironically, that you were able to figure out your values through a course that you took one day at that job where you were not feeling fulfilled. So for those, and I actually, it's so funny. I just recently took a very similar course um, at the place where I, I part-time lawyer and we did an exercise in, in learning what your values are. So for those of us who don't have that opportunity to take a leadership course at work, how, how do you figure them out? How do you learn what your values are? And now let's take a quick break. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. So that is a great question. And there is, and I love this question for a few reasons. So if you want to do your values, um, there is a lot of resources online. I have a free course. I can send you a link. And one of the days of my free course is to work out your values. So that yeah, is an awesome. exercise, yeah, that I, I can support you with and, and I'm all for. But it's funny because something that you bring that up, because there's something that I have been thinking about lately that will help with this that doesn't involve going through a list of core values and picking what works for you necessarily. So your core values are, as I said, your core tick boxes of, of who you are. And it's great to discover those because you can use those criteria to judge things about whether, um, is this new job good for me? You know, does it live into these values? And it can also help with your intentional goal setting because when you're setting your goals, you're like my goals, if I do this, will it align with these values? And it's such a powerful tool like to use like that. And it also helps you to bring them to the, you might have values that vary Diff, slightly differently in different sections in your life. So the, the values that you want to live in your relationships might be different to your workplace. There's a few right. considerations like that. But generally we have core values and some of them we can live into them everywhere. Like if one of your core values is loving or something along those lines, you know, you can be loving in most of the things that you do and it's it can be aligned and it's acceptable. But for some of us we might have a core value that is power and power is a great one for your career and for success. And the people that I know that have it are very successful. But taking that core value of power into your relationships with your husband, with your kids, it's a little bit hard, you know, it doesn't make that much sense to align to it. So although your core values is, uh, is who you are, something that I've been thinking about lately, and it's the same but different, is, and I call them desires. So instead of asking the question, like, who am I and living to those values, it's who do I want to be? And who do I want to be as in when Nikki describes me to a room, what are the mm-hmm. three words I want her to use to describe me? 
or if that doesn't resonate with you, how do you want to feel? When you wake up in the morning, what are the words that you want to feel? So maybe, maybe your core value, for, one of my core values is something along the lines of being helpful. So yes, like I think about if I do these different things in my life where I'd be helpful, but I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, I'm going to be helpful today. I'm bouncing out of bed. <laughs> but what, ha- what I've learned from me is when I follow helpful into my desires, what I desire to feel or how I desire to be described is inspirational. And that mm. word resonates with me. So when I get up in the morning and I think about how am I going to be aligned to myself today, who do I want to be, I want to be inspirational. And what that means is I can think about that in interactions and because I can be lazy, I mean, I love goals, they're amazing, <laughs> and I encourage everyone with the goals. But if you can give me a cheat's way out, I will always take it. And I use desires as a bit of a cheat way because rather than setting goals to do things but I will be inspirational, for instance, I will just think that day, what can I do to be inspirational? And I think of that when I go to write my newsletter, for instance, that's what I want to live into. And I also Mm -hmm. notice if I have an interaction with someone and I come away from it, I think, oh, you know, that, I don't know what it was, but, you know, you have a conversation, it didn't feel that great. And I realized that my desires, how I want to be or how I want to be known, I didn't live into them in that conversation. Like I need a do-over or I need to be mindful of that. So for me, it's really real-time play-by-play that I enjoy. And also I really encourage people to think about their desires in terms of sections of their life. So, yes, you know, work-wise, I want to be inspirational. Absolutely. Being work-wise, being patient isn't, isn't important to me. But in my relationship, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my relationships with my toddler, especially because patience is not one of my virtues, that yeah, is probably it's tough the most for the toddler. Yeah. So that is like, you know, it really, having a toddler really shone a light on some of my personality traits and finding out that my patience right. is less than a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> was really <laughs> was really a hard moment of realization but that is something that in my relationships and you know with my family as well as just my toddler patience is who I want to be or how I want to be described if at all possible if I keep working at it mm-hmm. so if you think about core values yes I encourage that but I also want to give you this alternative is to think about how do you want to be described by people? What are those three words? What really resonates with you? Or how do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning? What are the three words that really resonate? Um, and again, I, I have an exercise that I can I can send you a link for as well. This is yes. something that I've just recently come across that I, I am loving. Um, but yeah, and the, it's, it's the journey, right? I started at values and I went through it now. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about desires now. So. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I love how accessible that is. How often do you say to yourself, I love my mom life? A lot, hopefully. But if sometimes you sort of feel like motherhood is one long ride on the hot mess express, you're not alone. As a mom, you have the best intentions of getting your to-do list, your goals, and you know, your life in order. And sometimes you kind of do. But then a small human asks you repeatedly for a snack and you completely lose track of what you are doing. Sound familiar? Our mission at Your Ideal Mom Life is to help moms take back their time and get more of what they want. 
and we have a fun and simple and free way to help you make that happen. It's called the Mom Life Challenge. During this challenge, you'll learn how to create a mom life you absolutely love. In three days, you'll jumpstart the habits you need to organize your life and your schedule. Translation, less mom fails, more winning. And did I mention it's free? Visit us at youridealmomlife.com slash momlifechallenge and join thousands of other moms who are taking back their time and loving their mom life again. So it's like you said, like the cheat, but like sometimes when we talk about, well, what are my core values? It's almost a little daunting. People, it's paralyzing for some people. Like, I don't know what my core values are, but to make it so accessible by saying, well, how do you want people to describe you? How do you want to feel? That is amazing. I've never heard it put that way. And what I love and what I actually like, I do have an activity to do it now, but how I started with the activity was looking at the core values, seeing what resonated and then hitting a thesaurus. Cause you know, you know, when, mm-hmm. you, when you look through your core values, you know, they give you, you, you can, they can give you a hundred words. They can give you 30 words, depending on the test that you can get a lot of words and you go through the values and basically you shortlist them till you have your three. And what I actually did was started with a huge list of values to create this exercise, but then went to a thesaurus and was really thinking and sort of built them out about, you know, how do people want to feel? Yeah, they want to feel challenged, but, you know, do they really want to feel innovative or do they want to, you know, Mm -hmm. and I tried to dig deep and deep. So what I, and this is the same with core values, but I especially say when you do these desires exercises, um, find some words or come up with words, but then go to your thesaurus and dig deep because what I love about your desires is when you find that word that isn't the perfect word, you know, you feel it in your body. And mm-hmm. I'll use inspirational again because that is the big one for me. And I, when I wake up in the morning and I think I want to be inspirational, it charges my body with excitement. You know, that word totally resonates with me. And when you have that excitement, you know, that's the place that you make change. When I was thinking, right. I think my, my values, my values were like learning, challenged, helpful, you know, something like that, which are definitely three words to describe me, but they're not like getting my heart racing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you to find those words that excite you, that align to who you are and how you how you want to feel, and then take that out into the world and and live aligned to that. And it's yeah, it's something that I've been just recently encouraging people to do, and I'm super excited about it because it excites it excites people to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant, and I think I also love how accessible it is when you say like go out and live your life that way. And the next conversation you have, lean into that core value actually live it out and it's it's so it's so simple versus like okay what am I gonna go like I don't know plant a tree or create a monument right no just have a conversation and be the person that you want to be I love that Absolutely. So I was, yeah, so the longest time, so if you do my free course, I'll send you the link. I talk about your values and then I talk about aligning your goals to your values. And, and I'm still all for that. And I think, you know, we need goals if we want to feel purposeful and we want to move forward with our life. Absolutely. But I think just like it's so easy to, in the mess of the day, to lose sight of all the things that we're meant to be doing. 
But, you know, if we can remind ourselves every morning about who we want to be rather than what we want to do, then I think that's, it feels like a shorter order to me anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. So I know that as part of what you're doing now in your coaching, you started doing some retreats. So I know that those aren't going to be accessible to people probably outside of Australia, but tell me more about that and, and the kinds of things you're working well, they're on. Coming. They're coming. They're coming international, Nikki. I have a dream. Oh, I have awesome. A dream. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and I'm sure you will be a guest speaker at some point in time. We will make this happen. <laughs> that is happening. That is absolutely <laughs> happening. Uh, yeah, so I have started doing retreat and it's follow- It's funny that, you know, we're talking about this. I was in the unfulfilling career and then I sort of worked out what was important to me and then my mission when I, I quit my job, my mission became helping people that were where I was back then that felt mm-hmm. stuck, that felt blah, and the way that I, I, I helped them was with meaning and purpose and values and getting them to, to look at that. And as I have gone down this path, I've basically started to rethink, well, everything really in a way. <laughs> and I realized that so many of us need to rethink so many assumptions and beliefs that we have. And I, and this is a multi-layered story actually now that I think about it that I, I'll tell you about. On the weekend, I did a retreat and I was, I was, had this activity to do with beliefs. Mm-hmm. And the activity was um, around, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the content to it. So we have these beliefs uh, that are the framework for how we live our lives and, and what we're aligned to. So as we spoke before, we have beliefs about the education part path that we should take and we have beliefs about our career what our career trajectory should look like and the beliefs about the most important things we obtain from our careers so you know whether it's money security status whatever that is we Mm -hmm. have these beliefs that probably from a large part came from our parents or the important influences around us when we were young so our beliefs were largely shaped by our parents and mostly their beliefs were shaped by their parents. Right. So there is this generational thing. So whether our beliefs came from our parents modelling or from them expressing their expectations or from us deciding to take the opposite path of whatever they were doing or saying, right. you know, you can see that there is there is this pattern that we have we have this framework that has been given to us that we have moved forward, which makes which makes perfect sense. And maybe this framework of beliefs that you are aligned to and you're living aligned to, maybe that's perfect for you. Maybe you're living in a career you're obsessed with and you may have all the joy and meaning and purpose that you can ever ask for and that's amazing. But for some of us, and if you're asking yourself, there's got to be more to life than this, right? I think one of the things that we can do rather than, you know, as we spoke about inserting the missing ingredients is really rethinking about what that framework actually is. And I would love to, and if anyone feels this way and the exercise that I love to do is to carry, encourage people to rethink what is it that you would actually love to be doing? What is it that you would love to have or love to experience? And what really resonates with your skills and your talents and passions? 
And when you peel that back and start to think about that stuff, you probably start saying to yourself, well, that's not realistic. And right. that's not. Yep. <laughs> and at that stage, you know, ask yourself, why? Why do you believe those things? And the reason is probably because you've been operating under a bunch of assumptions and beliefs that just aren't true, that they're not real and they're actually mm-hmm. holding you back from what you want. And I think this applies to many areas of our lives for some of us, that it's holding us back from living a life that really makes our heart sing. And I, I mentioned this because of the retreat that I ran on the weekend. I had planned to go through this exercise for careers because I think it's so so powerful and it was one of my afternoon activities that I wanted to do. And in the morning session, I was with these lovely ladies and they were talking about their jobs and their careers and they were all really happy in their careers and all really doing really well. So I started to like... <laughs> You're like, oh, well, there goes my content. <laughs> In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I can't do this activity with them. It's going to have no impact. It's going to fall flat. I'm looking at the time. What am I going to do in the afternoon? Like I started to really like feel bad about it. And then I sort of just introduced it as a possible activity thinking they're not going to want to do it. And they seemed keen to do it. So we jumped into the exercise and started really unpeel, asking them to unpeel those beliefs and really think into, you know, if you're back in time and you really worked on your, those initial talents and gifts and passions, like what may have happened? What may have transpired? And I was actually blown away by how well the exercise went. And they came up with these truly inspirational goals and ideas about their, their career paths, even though they were doing really amazingly now. And I realized thinking about afterwards that yes, of course, they are doing well now. They're doing great now, but they're still doing great within a framework of beliefs that hasn't really come from them. And asking them to peel that back, of course, the creativity just started flowing. And because you're just purely doing you, you know, what, what is it Mm -hmm. you want to do? What is it that is aligned to who you true, who you truly are? And what can you do to help the people that you most want to help? So, yeah, that was the experience on the weekend that I had with these retreats. So this, I sort of never would have believed that I could do a retreat because I was raised with like, get it financial security, get a good job. Mm-hmm. I, I went, I did banking and finance at university, at college. <laughs> and then I went, oh. <laughs> you know, I was a project manager for a financial software company for years. Like I did all the right things. And in terms of like my parents' happiness with my career goals, they were stoked. They couldn't have been happier. And never would I thought that I would quit a full-time job with good money to go into like, you know, coaching people. But I, when I did that, I never thought of things like retreats and things like producing journals or books or things like that. Because for me, I never believed that someone like me, whatever, you know, me could do Mm. those things. And now that I have myself been peeling back my beliefs and realizing that I'm within this structure, you know, the world is your oyster. You just have to step into it. And um, it's for me, the hardest point, and this is why the hardest point is less about the doing. It's more about the realizing that you need to rethink, you know, that there is, we do have all this stuff bubbling down subconsciously and we're operating in these frameworks in so many aspects of our lives and if we question and we can question them and we can can retool them to make our life fantastic and that sort of has become my new mission from starting 
talking about meaning and purpose and values and all those things are really important. Now it's really about who is it that you really want to be and if you really dig deep, what's your operating framework that's holding you back so you can be that person that you want to be? And it's just definitely not the way that I was raised (laughs) So it's been like a real journey for me. And I realized having this conversation with other people, it's something that is so valuable to many of us. But many of of us are just in that trap where we're doing all the things that we need to do. We have great lives. And and that's something too that, you know, I I had a lot of us have great lives. You know, we have successful careers, we have fantastic families. It's not that we're seriously seriously unhappy or you know it's not it's not a terrible right. thing it's just this feeling that we want more from life mm-hmm. and I think some of us like myself included think well that's just a bit silly this is what adulting is you know I am successful that is it but when you say to yourself I want more from life or maybe there is more it really is more if you have mm-hmm. a childish dream, an unrealistic, a practical dream, that you're having that dream because that is meant for you. You're right. having that dream that aligns with what you want. And I think it just, yeah, for the longest time, and I'm still getting used to it now, it's like it almost feels childish. You know, when you're little, I want to be a fireman. Yes, mm-hmm. I can be a fireman. Everyone encourages that. Now if I was to say to someone, I want to be a fireman, they'd be like, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> There's nothing you've ever done in your life that makes any sense to that. But, you know, I I don't want to be a fireman because that doesn't speak to me. But, you know, there's other people that are working a nine-to-five job unhappily, maybe as a lawyer, that think I've always Mm -hmm. wanted to be a fireman. Go and be a fireman. Do it. Yep. (laughs) Especially if you're a lawyer. I'm just kidding. I love this idea of peeling back the framework that's holding you back and and when you say like, once you get rid of that, just shed it, you're so free. The world is indeed your oyster because you aren't being boxed into something that doesn't fit with your desires. Or, and by the way, with your gifts and your talents and the things that you were born with that you are not using because it quote unquote doesn't make sense. But we, we can't forget that we were given these gifts and we were told to shine and this is just an amazing way to be able to do that. So what about frameworks with motherhood? Have you looked into that at all? Like what beliefs do I have about being a mother that have held me back or the type of mother I, I'm supposed to be and maybe not living up to? Have you looked at that at all? I, yeah, that's that's a really great question. And I think, to be honest, <laughs> in my personal journey, I'm yet to, I think, get to a serious consideration about the frameworks and I'm more about like just trying to who is it that I want to be mm-hmm. as as a mother. I think, yeah. you know, I for the longest time I it's 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 been a real um, I feel like it's one of the biggest persons, a few things in life that are really push you into a personal growth journey. <laughs> and 100%. I feel like yes. and I feel like definitely like it shines a light on a lot of things. And I I notice around me it's always been quite it's funny because authenticity has always been important to me. And part of the very reason that I started so my blog, The Sharing Hangover, which was the start of it all was really, it was called the sharing hangover because I feel like I had so much to give and to say, but, and I wanted to do that to be authentic, but I was afraid 
to do it. And I was, mm-hmm. and now I realize it was fear of judgment and fear of everything. But I was also a really private person, which I now realize was fear of judgment and mm-hmm. all these. And I realize it's sort of come back to it. But I, you know, I've known authenticity is something that I've been striving for for the longest time. But to be honest, I'm still on that journey of really trying to work out what is authentic to me. And I think that's one of the things like one, you know, one of my desires is authenticity. You know, I really, I'm still a goal that I'm sort of achieving. And I think the reason that authenticity is so hard to achieve is because we have so many frameworks around all the things that we need to do. And we don't realize that we're doing that, that I think sometimes you can feel like you're operating outside of authenticity, but not realize how that is or, or what exactly that you're doing. So I, and that's something, and it's interesting that I noticed that as being a mum, something that I've just tried to do is, is in many ways is shut off what the things that you're meant to do, because they are the things that have always got me in trouble and just trying to, you know, there's this, especially especially when they're a baby, right? You think about how it's not been, how many generations, what it's been couple of generations that have had the internet and before that were books but before that you know mm-hmm. we were just handed a baby and intuitively the baby's very good at telling you when it's unhappy when it needs to right. eat when, you know it's it's very good at all the things and I notice you see people mothers stressing about that feeding time needs to be at this time and this needs to happen and this and I read a book and this is important and and I'm not discounting that because we have so much fantastic information that can help us and to move us forward. But I think that one of the approaches that I realized had worked for me when they, especially when they, you know, when they're younger and they're not like talking mm-hmm. back to you, yes, yeah, and do this, right. is <laughs> just lean into it and put the noise away and just sort of feel like feel your way through. And I think that's something, you know, that we, we don't do in life generally is, you know, this is talking yeah. about the bleak. Fletcher is just, and so I think like that is such a fantastic way of doing it. And I, so I feel like in many ways, I, I, in doing that, I realized I, ex- I escaped some of the frameworks that I see other people functioning on in terms yeah. of, in terms of these things. But something that, you know, having a toddler now that I've definitely come across. And as I discussed was like, I, you want to role model behavior, obviously mm-hmm. you want to, you, I am operating in frameworks that were given to me by my parents who were wonderful, but no emotion and, and strict, strict in a good way. Mm-hmm. But I realize as one of my problems with authenticity is a, is a, as an adult is because as a child, I was taught without, you know, I now realize this now after some insight, but I was taught that, you know, you don't be emotional. You, you don't cry. You don't do all these things. You don't fight. You don't express. You don't express emotion. That's forever, for whatever reason, that's not a good thing. And as an adult, I am completely ill-equipped to have an emotional conversation with anyone mm. to the point that at work, when I was in a professional scenario, if I needed to say something I was emotional about, which was like annual review time, right? Like I would never... Right. <laughs> Up in a situation where I'd have to do it when I felt that I had to do it, I would normally just cry. I would not have the skills wow. as a person tell that is a talker. I, when the emotion is there, I am unable to speak. 
and even you know I've been I've been with my husband for I mean we've been together for about 15 years now but even so like I have to work hard even then to sometimes express that I'm unhappy about something or I just I it's not a skill set that I have and so that's I know that's my operating model and when I with my toddler like I mean he loves to whinge and so I keep but I'm conscious of like when he's expressing emotion some of my instincts you know are the voices and the beliefs and the things that have come from your past and I and I have to have that moment about what I'm doing and I I realized something that he was doing that I realized that I've modeled uh, that I've created this behavior in him he has a habit of if he falls over or something happens and he hurts himself I can tell that he's hurt but he jumps up and he has a big smile on his face pain, maybe tears in his eyes going, I'm fine. Aww. Everything's fine. I'm happy. And I was thinking, when have I taught him? Cause I know it's all my fault. When have I taught <laughs> him <laughs> that he can't? And then I realized when he was little, rather than coddling him, when he was learning to walk and stuff, we would say to him, Oh, good fall, mate. Like if we'd fall over or whatever, mm-hmm. like awesome fall mate well done and we would like celebrate and the fact and he'd get up stand up you know from his fourth fifth fall because he's walking how to learning how to work walk and he'd have a big smile on his face and he'd keep trying and that's kind of you know and if he felt when he's learning his bike if he did that we'd do the same thing rather than letting like get upset and coddling we'd be like that was an awesome fall mate you did such a good job let's keep going and Mm -hmm. so that's how we taught him to do things but I realized I've sent this message to him that he can't be hurt like he can't, yeah, he can't be emotional when he's upset. I was like, oh my goodness, he's only three and I've already stuffed that No, I mean, I understand where you're coming from with that. There, you know, it, parenting, like you said, mommy is hard and your every phase is new. Like I know exactly now what how to deal with a three-year-old, but I have a 10-year-old. I don't know what it's like to deal with an 11 year old, right? Every stage is new. So yeah. we're always going to be making those mistakes and we have to give ourselves grace. But I think being aware of what, what sort of framework or, or training we have from our own parents or you're right from people, other moms that we've been listening to that maybe isn't aligned with the kind of mom we want to be. It's really very, it's fascinating and it's so freeing to be able to look at that and think, you know what? that doesn't feel good and that doesn't feel natural to me because that's not the kind of mom I want to be and being and embracing the mom you want to be and being okay with that. I think that's so powerful. But I, and I, and I question it too, because I see like negative behavior traits in kids. Like, especially like if I look at the, the other toddlers that we see around the playgrounds and stuff, and I see some of the negative traits and I say negative, it's probably not the right word, but I guess things that I would see as negative, let's let's pick whinging or something or, you know, something like that. And if you, because we've grown up in the same sort of area and I've seen a lot of these what other parents. What does whinging mean? Oh, <laughs> Is sorry. that an Australian word? Oh, I didn't think that it was. Like whining. Whining, like, got it. Yeah, sorry. No, that's I okay. That was, I didn't know that was a device. <laughs> <laughs> no, whining about something, or even there's a little kid that I know that she's she's not very brave and she's you know she's shaky and stuff, and and the parents don't like the behaviour that their kid is doing. But I've seen over that time that the parents have created that behaviour in the little one, the way that mm. they've been coddling them or whatever they were doing. I can see that those kids are now like that. 
and the parents are now questioning why are they like that? You know, why do they have these traits and they're not good traits? And I think, you know, yes, they now have traits which aren't really ideal. Obviously, it's just the beginning, but, you know, they have traits they're looking at now and they're little ones that aren't ideal. And they have created those traits in their child, but they've created that out of love. You know, the reason that they're, so I was thinking like, oh, you know, you can't get it right. You do what you want to do. Love, you create these issues. And you, yeah, and I just like, like, it's just never ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's hard. Being a parent is definitely hard, but I love, I love this idea of being able to take a deliberate look at, at what you, what you've created and, and where it comes from and, and that you can, change it. You can rethink it. It's, it's really empowering. And I think the good thing about parenting is because they're such little sponges for so many years, there is a, you know, there's a path for correction. Once we find out what's wrong with ourselves, that's hard to change. (laughs) We're pretty wide, pretty hard. We can change, of course, (laughs) (laughs) but at least like the course correction as parents that we do to our kids, like at least we've got, that'll be a, hopefully that'll be a slightly easier journey than it is for some of the personal growth things we need to do for ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, look at how blessed they are that we are being intentional, that we want Mm -hmm. to become better versions of ourselves and we can course correct because I'm sure there are plenty of, of kids who don't have parents who have taken that opportunity. And it's really just, you know, a matter of, of stopping to think about it and becoming more aware. So I love everything that you've shared today. This was absolutely awesome, really insightful, very empowering. I just love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, Nikki. It's wonderful. And thank you again so much for having me. It's been, I've been so happy to be able to share and be inspirational. This is what I'm here to do. I hope I've yes. inspired somebody. <laughs> you are doing it. So thank you again. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Annie Mooden. I know you took a ton of value from it and you better click on that link that I'm going to put in the show notes to figure out what your core values are or as she put it, what your desires are. We'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.